Dobry den. Welcome back to Anxiety. What is happening to me today on my show? I'm going to have a guest, Nadia Camp. She's a licensed visceral massage therapist and she has been working with trauma for many years. She's been doing this for over 30 years. And during that time, she has built a lot of knowledge on the mind, body, soul, and spirit and the relationship that it has with her, with the organs. So I'm so excited to have her on here. And here goes. Hi guys, I have Nadia Cam here. She's a licensed visceral therapist and she works with trauma. So welcome, Nadia. Hi. Hello. So Nadia. good to be here. <laughs> so how how are you doing today? I am doing amazing. Um, I love this topic. I can talk forever about it. Um, anything to do with uh I know that your show, show is about anxiety, mm -hmm. and that's not necessarily exactly what I work with, but I would say anything where we don't have complete harmony in the body um, and people come in, um, they come in for all kinds of health problems. And usually when I see people, it's because they've already done A, B, C, and D. And then something along their path takes them to me. They'll be like, oh, hey, I heard you do something different. Um, people really have to be at a point where they're, they're willing to try something different, um, something out of our regular norm, you know. And that's usually when I get a new patient. <laughs> Yeah, so so you say like people will have all of these health problems and they already tried everything and now they're they're here, they come to your office and you're you work with the mind, body, soul and spirit and how how do you integrate that into into your into your Well, first, I mean, we all know that there's a connection where we assume because we're not like a robot. It's not like it doesn't matter really what faith and belief, um, there's a part of us that must know and understand that it's not like I just have a brain and a body. That's, that's it. Or the psyche, where's that from? Where do the emotions get held? But most of us can agree that there's something else to us. Most of us can agree that there's, you know, a soul or a spirit or both or something else out there. And, um, like I said, this can be very universal. And I myself have a couple of situations in my life. I've been doing what I do for almost 30 years. And um, I was really young when I started seeing my first patients. I was, I was 17 because this has kind of been a lineage thing. My ancestors were, you know, healers and did organ work. And so it was kind of a known fact. You, if you have that gift, you just kind of grow into it and do it. And I'm proud to say that I have, you know, a lot of cousin, cousins and family members that that are in this line of work. They're just natural healers. It's a beautiful thing. Um, but in saying that, um, I came across it in my training. Um, I found a teacher, uh, Jean-Pierre Barral, that 
that gave a lot of credibility to visceral work. Visceral just means organs. So working on the organ aspect of us, you know, there's the musculoskeletal, there's the nervous system, and there's all these other parts of us. But I specifically work on the relationship of our organs to the rest of the body. And organs, interestingly enough, they have a physiological function. So basically they have a job to do. Like, so the heart pumps blood, right? Um, but yeah. each organ also has an emotional and spiritual kind of aspect. So if you look up the symbolism of like, what is pancreatic cancer? You know, that's, um, well, chances are that person had a lot of, lot of grief in their life. Um, and there's, there's just this beautiful correlation, you know, like um, throughout history that you could find different healers, different tribes, different communities, different faiths. It's, it's always been known that there is a correlation to the parts of the body, how we work, and the spirit part of it, too. So, um, so when you asked me to come on the show, my first thought was, uh, okay, so I would like to discuss what I see in people when they come to see me, if they have, if they have like pretty good health in general, you know, which is like such a small percentage, because I think most people deal with something in their life that affects their health, whether it's, you know, physical, emotional, whether it's even financial or environmental, or even with the pandemic, there was just this new influx of like, right, you know, people were afraid. Um, and that really, this whole pandemic taught me so much on, on how to treat people and, and the spiritual warfare that we have going on around us, this unseen spiritual warfare, and how it actually affects and, um, creates this dissonance within us that, again, you cannot touch it, right? It's not the physical form. Um, some things were physical, like people were, were laid off and things like that. But some of the things, they're just out there in the air. Like you could feel it, but you can't touch it. You know, what is this thing that's causing this dissonance in my body or in all of my patients that are coming in? Um, so that's kind of like my my first kind of taste of that was in a concussion training that I took maybe a year or two prior to um, the pandemic. And um, it was, we really uh, do a lot of training on, on the scientific model because um, a lot of the alternative training they try to stay away from being too too alternative you know so there isn't we're not considered quackery right so yeah yeah like that we basically like the western model you have to have science behind it there has to correct. be studies behind it correct so in doing in in doing this training it's an upper level training uh for like um osteopaths or physical therapists or whoever has a you know some sort of health degree and um this concussion in this concussion training we had somebody that had a really horrible accident and 
And this was like three or four years after. And this young man comes in and we were studying him and we were going to give him like a group treatment. Um, and one thing that they said that got me to think along these lines was, okay, class, you know, think of when a person hits something like this young man, you know, he hit something in his car. There was a car accident and this young man flew through the windshield and across the windshield and he hit the ground somewhere further away. And just to take a moment and think about when a person goes flying through the air or they fall or something happens, is their physical body flying at the same rate as their spiritual body? And that was the first time that I was in like a training in a professional training like that, where they actually included <laughs> the spiritual aspect of a person. And they even briefly talked about like, okay, so where is this part in them? You know, some say there is a fifth ventricle to the heart and and the soul loves to be in that area. Um, needless to say, the this kind of brought on a whole new kind of way of seeing things. So everything I came across after that, um, whether it was my patients, whether it was um, also my own experience, you know, because this is kind of like where the soul leaves the body. Um, and I've had that, that own experience myself, like I had a traumatic experience. And it was actually in a church. And um, I felt my soul leave my body and look down at the situation. And the angels telling me like, God was not happy with what happened. And um, so it can happen during times of extreme trauma, like rape or death or, or bad news, or um, it could be the physical trauma of a car accident, for instance. Um, but we kind of assume, or I think many of us don't even really think about where is the spirit part of us? Or if I do have something else that's not physical, that's not my physical body and my brain. Where is it? And do I connect with this? So for me, I just started to kind of really touch on and be like, all right, if the, the soul and the spirit is real, um, how do I treat her? If she's real, then everything I came across, like scripture, for instance, um, there are points where, <laughs> you know, they talk about, for instance, when Apostle Paul is is um, released from his shackles, you know, and and comes to the disciples. Um, so the angels release him, and he comes to the disciples, and and Mary opens the door and she closes it because she's just in shock that he's there, and and the the disciples are like, oh no, Mary, that's just you know his angel, you know, um, and it's kind of. It's kind of almost humorous because throughout the Bible, like I have a professor now, I'm, I attend Corbin, I'm a pre-med student. And um, he says that every single, every single question we have can be answered in the Bible um, and not to be like convoluted by this world where 
we think we have the answers because the answers have been there way before we came along, if we're willing to see it. And um, I, I think it's so cool because after these trainings and even after the pandemic, I felt like everything I read was like, oh my gosh, um, everything that we need to know about um, di disharmony and the body and the mind and the spirit and how to be loving and, and how to have boundaries even, um, it really is in the Bible. And uh, we do have other tools. I, in the past, I've opened myself to learning different tools that were like um, just different in nature, whether they were really science-based, self-help or, or Buddhist even or anything. There is kind of like a big universal thought. Um, so that's how I got into working with seeing people coming in as I placed my hands on them after the pandemic or during the pandemic, it was like, whoa, their, their soul is scared. She's scared right now. How do we treat her? Um, and this is my first sign when I would eventually get somebody that felt like they did have harmony. Um, and I realized those people are very few and far in between and that there was a, um, once you begin to treat the soul part of you uh, and you see other people, you look at other people, you automatically assume that their body is this vessel. The body, our body is like a container that holds the spirit part of us. And our mind and our body are, are really as old as this earth. You know, how old, if I am 45 years old right now, then then my body is as old as I was on this earth. And so is my mind. My mind is full of the intelligence that hopefully I have, I teach it, but it's also been taught by our society, our culture, our norms, whatever we put in there, like a computer, right? Like it's a built system. And um, if you go into more of like trauma work and emotions and balancing, the biggest recommendation there is how can we as people um, really listen to and make decisions based on both our intelligence from our mind, what we've learned, and, and our emotions that come up because really understanding that emotions are coming up for a reason. You know, God, God was, he's very intelligent. Like he didn't just make us up for like with these feelings for no reason. So, yeah, we were, we were made perfect by God. Uh, you know, what we look like, what gifts we have. He, he made us that way. And I love how you say like that your mind was opened up to, to the fact that we have a spirit self. And a lot of times we do forget that and, even though we're taught that all the time that we should feed our soul, we should feed our soul, you know, but we don't really actually think about it. We're always just feeding our body, but we forget about the soul. Like we, we know it's there, but we just don't like actively think about how we can take care of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, um, that's the thing that I encourage, you know, my patients now that come in, like, uh, and I know sometimes when I start talking, it sounds really strange, but um, where are the different parts of us? When I when I sit down to to eat and enjoy a meal, 
is it just my taste buds? Is it, you know, the sense of taste, smell, feel, hear, see, that all of those things, all of our senses create our, um, it creates a soulful uh, experience. So therefore, if it is a soulful experience, then, then does that not connect with our soul? And every time I do feel a soulful experience, either really good or really bad, if something triggers me either in a really good way or in a maybe, maybe a negative way, can I stop and tune into that just, just for a moment and feel like what is really good? What I'm, and, and is it just me? What part of it, you know, what part of me is feeling this? And usually if you, um, just feel into that part. You could just even put your hand on that area and acknowledge that like, whoa, I think that's my soul. That's that other part of me that I haven't learned to connect with. Um, kind of like a relationship, you know, and um, going into relationships, I have a favorite area in the Bible that um, I ask even my patients that are non-believers I asked them to read Corinthians 1, book 1, chapter 12, about the spiritual gifts. And the reason why I do that is because not only does it talk about how we all have a gift on this earth, we all have something, um, but it talks about how uh, I will read it if you don't mind. Yeah, sure. Okay. It says... uh, For by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, am I not of that body? Is it therefore not of our body? And if the whole were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. And then he goes on to say that if they were all one member, where would the body be? So basically, if you read the whole thing, um, we were all members of one body. So you could take it as this talks about all being members of one church, all being members of one community. If I live in Silverton, then we are, I am one member of one whole body of Silverton, you know, or if I am part of a certain church or a group, but inside our physical body, we have many, many members. Um, So all parts of our body are unique and each one has a gift. So if you have a chance and read the whole thing, it's quite beautiful because each one has a gift of like the kidneys, you know, um, have a gift of like uh, processing, you know, all of the kind of liquids that go through us and they cycle through three, four times and, and kind of expel the toxins and things like that. Um, And then it goes to say, and if the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. So we can't really say that to each other as people because we all need each other, right? We need the person 
at the grocery store, we need the person that pumps our gas, you know, this is, we need each other in society. And yeah, we need the whole community to work together. And when the community doesn't work together, there's no harmony. And same correct. with our body, if we are constantly not thinking about our soul, well, we're not in harmony. We're just yes. just outside of that harmony. Correct. And then it says that no, um, and much rather those members of the body, which seem to be weaker are necessary. So even the weaker ones, weaker members in our society are necessary. And those members of the body, which we think less honorable, we bestow even greater honor. Our unpresentable parts have greater modesty. modesty. And this is another thing that is huge. Um, there's a lot of people that come to me that have um, a complete disconnect to their pelvic floor, which is which is really quite a shame because um, all parts of us need a connection to our heart. All parts of us, we need to honor and bestow honor. Like it says here, we need to bestow greater honor, you know, on our unpresentable parts. So yeah. um, I think that's really missing in our society. It doesn't matter, again, which faith, um, but it's just missing as a whole. There's a lot of trauma and there's a lot of disconnect. And part of it is that um, there is a lot more heat. That the heart is kind of a center, the center for everything. Um, there's many different theories and ideas and methodologies of like, you know, how to heal your whole self and, and the heart is kind of the center of it. Lastly, I just want to add here from the Bible that it says, and if one member suffers, all members suffer with it. Or if one member is dishonored or honored, then all members rejoice with it. So um, this is the favorite part of my Bible because I these are the things that I would say over and over again to my patients. These are the things that I've seen for many, many years. And I would hear, you know, the organs speak or the parts of the body speak like, like, Nadia, please tell this person, you know, and, and what is telling me that? Like, what is it? Like, I, I'm not insane. So what is it in their body that is trying to speak and say, please hear me, this person's not hearing me. So when we have a physical pain, or we have something that's acting out in our body, then then why are we ignoring our important parts that are trying to speak to us? Why are we, you know, calling it names or dissing on it or being like, oh, that annoying pain? Why are we not stopping and honoring it and taking a moment and breathing and connecting with that part? Because our body doesn't just break when something happens, it continues. So how can we just stop and hear it and be like, whoa, something is trying to speak to me in my body? And I am the ultimate caretaker of my body, mind, soul, and spirit in this life. And every single part of me could be off and skewed and disharmonized, or I could bring it back to where do I feel harmony? Where does it feel right? Where can I feel a little bit more um, kind of in unity? You know, what part of me am I not hearing? You're so right about that. Like, I don't know, this is just speaking for myself. I'm so busy all the time that like, if I do have an ache here or a pain there, I just kind of like brush it off and don't even take the time to take a deep breath, like you said, and really assess like, 
why am I feeling that way? Or why does it feel that way? Or like you said, even take a deep breath and just fill it with whatever, maybe just need some oxygen because mm-hmm. <laughs> you're overworking it. Yeah. You're just yeah. too busy to do that. Yeah. Breathing is really, really hard. I think um, for all of us, I, I have to do that constantly when I'm driving or like, all right, Nadia, my breathing into all parts of me, not just the front part where my chest and lungs are, but to all parts of me, all my, all myself, like my whole body, can I breathe into all parts of it so that it can be an open home, an open vessel so that my soul could be free to be inside and she's safe and that my organs have light and air. Um, We tend to kind of like focus on one area and the other parts. A lot of times when we feel trauma or something's hit us in life, it will hit the front of us. It will like come at us and it kind of gets stuck there. So it, so there's many of us um, kind of don't even pay attention to the back part of us, our back, or if we feel pain, we'll be like, oh yeah, the annoying spot. But we won't stop and be like, wow, that area has done so much work for me. I want to breathe into it and maybe open, allow that my my body to stretch over that area and just honor it for a moment. Like imagine some light, just just like you would with um, sit down with a friend and really be like, all right, I'm just going to sit down and just honor this time together. You know, or you might do that with a spouse. Like we just need to sit together um, and breathe and connect and and not be distracted. And I would say that um, the more the more we recognize that the different parts of us are like different members of the body, um, the more we could recognize that. You know, how are my relationships? how are my relationships like really in life and how are my relationships within to these parts of the body? Um, so it's pretty cool. It, it, it takes you on a, in a whole new world actually. <laughs> yeah. You're definitely opening up my mind just by having this conversation about, you know, my spirit self and just even my journey with healing. I haven't really touched on the actual spirit side of it. So it definitely will, have a little chit chat with myself tonight. Yeah. <laughs> How's my soul doing? Why am I not taking care of it? So this is great. I think I I think I realized I, I might have been a year or two I was working on another practitioner and it just hit me and I was like, wow, why did it take me like 28 years to learn that if I put my hands on somebody's, let's say somebody has hip pain if I put my hands on the front and back of the hip, because the way we treat organs is a lot of time listening, we, we call it listening, but really, we really tune in to that area. And we, we listen to what it's telling us, you know, is this a physical, emotional, spiritual problem? Is there something environmental? And a lot of times, like a baby that doesn't speak. um, But if you say, are you hungry or you want mama, you know, and they'll perk up. They kind of answer. Um, it's the same kind of thing. People will be like, well, how do you know? Or, 
or what you you're doing is weird or is that voodoo, you know? Um, no, it's actually not weird. It's, it's the tissue understands. So if I ask the tissue a question and I say, Hey, how are you? Um, how can I honor you? What do you want to tell me? And then I will ask it questions like, and, and it will usually answer in a response. So it will tighten or it will shorten or lengthen. And, um, and then you go from there, you know? So um, it's pretty cool because at some point I realized, wow, why did it take me so long to really fully understand that when I am touching an area that hurts, that is in physical pain, so many times, most of the time, the soul has something really important to share. Or sometimes she's not even present there. She doesn't feel safe there. And there are times where the soul will not feel safe to live in the body. She will be like right outside. Um, and, and that is the whole thing, like how to learn exercises. And I'm sure you, you felt it. I think most people at some point in their life have felt this, where they feel off. They feel empty or not whole. You know, they they have this feeling, uh, lack of wholeness. Um, and then there will be times where there is more harmony. You know, all of a sudden they they attend maybe you know a beautiful service or or whatever it is that they have, and they feel more whole. Like something in the heart is big. They might feel that it's just joy, but it it really is like our spirit part is not tangible, you know, just because it's not tangible, we think it's not real. Um, but it is. So anybody listen, listening right now, I just encourage you to like, start imagining that, you know, the size of your body is kind of like should be kind of like a glove and a home and a space for our soul. And, and even our spirit, but our soul is kind of like easier to connect with because, because she's everything that we experienced, you know, all of the, everything that we felt um, versus the spirit kind of always wants to take you forward and be like, let's love and let's do this. And, you know, um, and that's getting into the nitty gritty. That's kind of even beyond myself, but um it's just beautiful if you just imagine like, what if I do have a soul? And what if I just start treating her like she's real and asking her, you know, when I feel something really good or really bad, like, hey, you know, how old am I? Because as I've said before, I believe that our physical body and our mind is as old as we are on this earth. But our spirit self, our soulful self, our soul, how old is she? You know, I, I don't know that there's an answer to that. Um, so that's kind of just something to think about. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Because, you know, it might be wiser than we are. <laughs> we just need to listen to it. Yeah. And as I said, I, I had somebody share with me one time. She said, how lucky are we? that God gave us the opportunity to connect so intimately with him. And then she said, think of it like this, that we have a spirit and God gave us the ability to receive the Holy Spirit. So the energetic extension of God 
we have the ability to fully allow within ourselves. You know, I think of, of energy, you know, our soul, our spirit, kind of like as these energetic particles or waves, right? And um, I think of him as an extension. So a, a really beautiful grounding thing. And every single day, like we can do this at any moment of the day, we can stop and say, wow, I can just sit and receive and allow, you know, the Holy Spirit, this divine, beautiful spirit to fill me. And um, it's such a gift that we have. And sometimes we read about, you know, prophets or, or early church um, leaders that, that, oh, they were led by the Holy Spirit. But Jesus said, I have to go so that I could send you the Holy Spirit as a guide and a helper. So actually, we all have that ability, not just once in a while, but every single moment of every day, we could fill ourselves. When I am exhausted, when I, when my physical body is tired, my brain is in chaos, my spirit is sad, my soul is disappointed in me, I could just stop. I could go to, you know, anywhere where I'm at, but I really like to go like step on a bridge over like a creek or a river. And I really like to just imagine that those parts of me might be, you know, um, in disharmony or dysregulated. But I have that, this beautiful gift that I could just stop and receive. I could fill my whole body with this beautiful divine resonance of light and and into all of me, not in just to my heart, but into my back, into my low back, into my feet, you know, into all parts of me. So it's such a beautiful thing. Yeah, it is. You could just open open yourself up to, to yeah, to the Holy Spirit, to God, and to love and everything that He gives to us and the gift that He gave to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that is one of my tools. And as you could hear, like when I start start talking about the subject, I am I just go on and on and on. I <laughs> I I love the subject. I love what I do. And um, there's so much to learn if we just if we have the opportunity, you know, if if we have it within ourselves to say, well, maybe I don't know at all. Well, maybe these were just certain words. Um, what if? What if I there's a different angle um, that I could look at? And I think a lot of times we're close to things that are different because we're afraid of not receiving love or being ousted from our tribe or whatever that is. Um, but there is just there is a gift to saying to really just knowing, you know, even scripture, um, anything, even if you read certain um, self-help books or you follow somebody. But I would say that um, like the last person you interviewed on here, Corey Gilbert, um, I really liked how he said you have to be careful to who you reach out to because sometimes, you know, uh, you become like your teacher, and, and that could be a little dangerous sometimes because, you know, who wrote the stuff that you're reading? Where did it come from? 
And that's why, that's one of the reasons why I, I love to go to the Bible because uh, for so many years, you know, being in our community, it's like, nope, you're not allowed to read the Bible. And, and why not? Because it's kind of like reading history, you know? And again, I work with a lot of people that are also like non-believers or, or they feel like it's wrong to read, but this is literally, the Bible is a collection of books and letters of like the apostles and the prophets and, and some of them are journals. You know, you've heard that if you think about it, if you just stop and really think about it, um, journaling, I encourage all of my patients to journal. In fact, I even had a vision one time that I needed to go and buy a bunch of journals and give them out to my patients. Because every time I ask them if they're journaling, they'll like, oh yeah, I didn't get a journal yet, you know? <laughs> um, and then if there are certain things that come up in the body, I'm like, okay, you need to write this down so that, um, because if you say it with words, it has the potential to just float away like the wind, like a breeze, like it came around and it's floating away. You know, I've heard this before. But when you write it down, it's it's more concrete, whether you ever come back to it or not. But it's so beautiful if you write it down. And then at some point you realize that that literature like the Bible is our people before us that wrote letters and the journal like the Psalms. And we're reading it. That's really what it is. So when somebody says, oh, we're not supposed to read that or do that, well, why not? You're reading somebody's journal or letter, and it's quite beautiful if you if you think about the words that are in the Bible are, there is no time limit. Um, there is no time limit and audience limit. They were for everybody, just like I read earlier, whether whether Jew or, or um, what does it say? Jew or Greek or slave or free. Um, it was actually written to all of us. So I think that's the big difference between um, having our source as the Bible or something else. And uh, I, I have a huge collection of literature, so I'm not saying that I don't ever read it, but you always test your spirits. You always test, how does my body feel with this information inside my body, around my heart? Does my body tighten? Does it open? Is my mind and my intelligence, are they in harmony when I read this stuff? How does it correlate to the biblical literature and scripture? And um, there's, there's ways of testing ourselves and what we come across. Yeah, it's definitely important in how we influence ourselves and what we read. And ultimately, the Bible for us as, you know, Christian believers is the main thing that we should be reading to get any type of healing or advice or anything that pertains to our lives. Yeah, sorry. So I realized that I was talking so much here. And um, do you have any other questions that I could answer? 
Um, yeah, actually, I do. So I kind of wanted to touch back towards like maybe getting some real life examples for people like to connect them back to what we were talking about. So for instance, if somebody's dealing with a trauma and they don't feel safe in their body and they can't even trust like what they're feeling versus like what they should be feeling. So we have so much like media and technology and billboards and people always telling us like we need to be grateful for what we have we live in america we have more than the rest of the world but even though even though like all of this media is telling us that we should be happy uh, a lot of us don't feel that way a lot of us don't feel like we're we're fully in like you said in harmony because maybe we didn't have the tools growing up. Um, maybe we had a lot of trauma in our childhood and now we're adults and we're learning to overcome all of that. But yet we feel a disconnect from our actual feelings to what we think we are feeling. Yeah. Um, so one, I, I really do believe that in generational trauma too, um, and a lot of our ancestors ran from persecution, right? So um, sometimes when we work on the physical body, we can actually, um, that comes up like, whoa, this was actually, you know, something that there was a trauma in the, one of the grandparents or something. Um, so I will say that that will come up once in a while, not all the time. And, um, I, and I would say that there, most people have something that will dysregulate them. And, and the first number one thing for us to do, like in real life, like, what can we do is be yeah, what can we do to like counterbalance that? Or like, how can we center back to ourselves? And like, how are we actually feeling? Like, what do we actually process? What it what is Correct. our actual real feeling that we're feeling right now? Not what we think we're feeling. Correct. Well, I would say that the first thing, because um, is just recognizing when you feel dysregulated, like, whoa, I feel, I feel off balance now. I don't feel fully, or sometimes it could be like, I don't feel fully in my body. Um, or um, really, that would be it. And, and I would say the biggest um, guide to that is like, just noticing when you feel something really good or really bad. And if you feel something really bad, dysregulated, like, whoa. So stopping and stepping away for a moment. Sometimes let's say you're at a public gathering and you cannot step away. Okay. What I, what I teach my patients is even in the gathering, you could place your hands somewhere that feels comforting. So even now, like I can place my hand and you could place your hand like on one on the heart and one on on the stomach on, you know, near near the belly button. Um, but you could place them anywhere and just kind of connect. And with that, using your hands as tools um, and and just saying, OK, whatever, whatever part in me um, needs a little bit of reassurance and love, I am here for me. And um, this could be done publicly or in private. 
um, and breathing into that, just connecting. It doesn't even have to be that I do deep breathing. Um, but although there are studies that show if you do like deep breaths on top of one another, um, that regulates the nervous system. So, um, and then once you do that, there is a little bit of a, there's a trick, like um, once you kind of calm down and regulate a little bit, you ask, where did this thought or feeling come from? So, and you, you can scan and feel, did it come um, from your heart, from your gut? Did it come from your brain or from the outside? And you could even like feel it like, ooh, I feel like somebody's shouting this at me. Like, whoa, hold on there, sister. <laughs> if something is, if you hear that message shouting from the outside at you, that is not from within. That is not part of your inner circle of mind, body, spirit, soul. That is something to be like, whoa, that doesn't belong here. I have authority over, I, it's almost like your home at home. You're not going to let burglars come in and take over. So it's almost like you are the, the proprietor of your mind, body, spirit, soul. And I believe, I, I believe I've seen this, that, that that's what we're going to answer. Did we fully honor what we were given on this earth? Um, we are here to serve a purpose. So therefore, um, you say, no, this doesn't belong here. This is not mine. And, and you can imagine that you just, you push it away with your hand. You can imagine that you're cutting it off or even noticing like, whoa, was that, was that the news that I listened to or a certain person or, oh my gosh, that was like, I could just hear my mom yelling at me, you know, how she yelled at me when I was a kid or whatever it was, you know, and being like, whoa, that's not me. That, that, um, deregulates me, you know? So noticing is the first number one key to getting anywhere at all, because if we don't even acknowledge, then, then you can't even go to steps B, C, and D, right? The first step is just acknowledging and being present with that part of you. Now, if there is, if the message is coming from within, um, then, then I would say that there is a part of you that says, wake up and listen to me. I'm giving you a message. <laughs> so there, I, I would say that, that that's a really good way. Um, and there is an exception here. There's like sometimes you hear it like in your head. And, and there are tools where you could learn to invite your brain and your thoughts and your intellect into your heart space. So even if you just take a moment right now and with your... Um, and you take a deep breath into your heart space and into your belly and you invite and you say, all right, I invite my brain and all that chaos and those thoughts to come and be next to my heart space and, and breathe into your heart and just expand it like a balloon, like when you're breathing open a balloon and then allowing her to come, her meaning the brain and your thoughts to come and settle down. And that's when your brain is more in coherence with heart. And, and speaking of coherence, um, are the other parts of me also in coherence with heart? And if not, why not? How can I work on these relationships? Um, so that's 
how you can tell the difference between, you know, what are your thoughts and what are things from out there. I love, love, love that. Like, stop and ask yourself, where did this thought and feeling come from? I just, I just love that because for instance, like me growing up with trauma in, in my family and then also like with verbal abuse and sometimes like I'll get really angry and my kids are not really doing anything. Like if you actually stop and walk away and look from a, a different perspective, they're not really doing anything that would cause me to feel that like anger inside of me, you know? And I just love how you said that because it would be like nice for me to just step away and ask myself, like, where is this anger coming from? Because mm -hmm. it's obviously not the children. Mm -hmm. And like, is it in my head or is it outside of me? Or is it like, I just love how you said that. Like, mm -hmm. I definitely can take that tip away from this conversation and really learn to like take that breather and take that time to really ask or even like whenever I have like anxiety or anything like that, it would be like great to do that and start like realizing where are these things coming from, even though I kind of know like over the years where they're coming from, stemming from, but I've never actually like taken that moment in the moment to assess it. I usually yeah. do it later when I calm down and I'm journaling, then I'm like, okay, where did this come from? But like you said, if you don't like, if you do it in the actual moment, then you'll really know where it's coming from. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you have the ability to like, next time you get really um, activated, you could even imagine like, whoa, where, where is my soul? Is she at home inside me? Can I, and, and there are techniques like you could learn to do tapping um, tapping around the heart and chest and breathing in and, and saying, Hey heart, help me out here. Um, how can we create space in our body and, and let the soul know that there is, that we are one. Um, and that's really regulating. That feels really good. It sounds really odd to say it out loud, but the next time you get dysregulated, if you just stop and do it, you'll feel how right it feels, how calming it feels. Um, and just, it's interesting to hear you say, you touched on something that we talked about earlier, and that is um, you, you've had something happen many times, and then it's only later until you journal, right? So that goes back to, you know, when we think of things and recognize things, but we don't actually write it down or do something about it, it's like the wind, right? It just kind of floats away until it comes back again. So so I'm glad to hear that you journal and, and I love the idea of just sitting down and writing, even if it's people don't have to love journaling, even if you just jot down um, a word or two or what happened. Um, and one thing that I love to do, I, I love to do this is draw a little skeleton figure in my journal and just kind of like with a highlighter or different colored marker, I like to circle or um, those areas that are speaking in my body. And then I will kind of make little bullets with the little bullet circles, almost like comics. I, I like to write down any words that come up. That's and you'll, cool. <laughs> yeah, and you'll find when like you come that. back, 
in your journal, you'll find over and over again, like a certain message in the path. And you'll be like, oh, <laughs> um, it, it's really, it's really cool uh, that there are so message, so many messages that we have from within us. When somebody goes to see a practitioner or a coach or a nutritionist or a doctor, all of those people, and even myself, I'm not going to fix anyone. I can only be a tool for you in your life. You are on your path and nobody else is on your path. So any resources that you reach out to, they're just tools. If anybody promises that they could fix you or do something that's incorrect. Um, but that's, that's my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, Nadia, I am so glad that we got to spend some time together today. And I really thank you for coming on this show. Is there any way that anybody could reach you? And I'll leave it in the comments below also. Yeah, I, I really believe in um, sisterhood and brotherhood. I believe in uh, being there for each other um, and just prayer and support. And even though my life is crazy busy, um, there are always these beautiful opportunities for people to come together and be like, hey, what do you? So if people ever want to ask me a question, then I will share my email address and, and even phone number. Um, and really, I'm not the answer to a lot of things. There are so many resources out there. And there is, I mean, the world is an endless supply, like, for instance, the Holy Spirit. So um, I, I had such a good time talking to you today and sharing my love. I just, I love all of this. I love praising God and sharing how wonderful all of his blessings and gifts are. And I just want to say that most of my, my life, I, I knew a God that was going to punish me. And um, during hard times, I seen how wrong I was about him and how I almost left so many things or, or how I was wrong in my beliefs and that he is the ultimate love, peace, joy, and everything else. So um, all of our answers can come from him and not people. So when we feel dysregulated by people or people disappoint us, we can hopefully release that because we're not perfect ourselves, right? And um, But there is a perfection that, that most of the world recognizes um, even in like the beautiful, like theology of his literature, Jesus as a teacher had beautiful teachings. So I just want to say that he's the best resource ever. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you on that one. hundred percent. He is the best resource. Yes. And, um, yeah, thank you for having me. And, um, uh, if there is anything else, then I am available. All right. Thank you, Nadia. Take care. Bye. Okay. Bye. This episode really got my mind thinking about the correlation between my body and my spirit. And because I forget a lot of times that I have a spirit, I'm just thinking about my body as my, I think, oh, my body's hungry or 
oh, my body's thirsty or, oh, my body's feeling this ache and pain. And I forget that we also have a soul that's thirsty and hungry and sometimes needs like more Bible reading and more attention and even like looking inside and like asking our spirit, how's our spirit doing? We're always wondering how our body's doing and I forget about my spirit and what is my spirit doing? And so this has definitely opened up my mind. So thank you Nadia Cam for being here with us today. And if you guys liked the show, please share it with your family and friends and let them know where they can find it. And you can also share it through Instagram, Snapchat, or Facebook. And I will see you guys next Tuesday. Thank you guys for stopping by. Thank you.